there, skips and skipperettes. Welcome back to Tales from the Jungle Cruise. Well, as promised, here's the second part of our three-part interview with Don Chapman. It's a fun episode, and Don really opens up the floodgates of memory. You know, it seems like I thank you guys a lot, but in this case, it's for a darn good reason. The first part of our episodes with Don and Lois have been our uh, episode with the most downloads ever in their first two weeks. We've also added a couple hundred new subscribers between iTunes and Stitcher Radio. I wanted to thank you all and encourage you, as always, to share us with your friends. Now, if you haven't found it yet, the archive of all of our episodes can be found at junglecruise.podbean.com. There are links to all of the shows and all of the show notes. We're also over on Facebook at facebook.com slash junglecruisecrews. Feel free to swing over to either place, and you can leave your stories about Dawn if you know him, or any of your other favorite jungle stories. Now, there's also a new limited-time magic game happening in Adventureland at the Disneyland Resort. Uh, It's akin to the Frontierland game that was running in June and July. We've got some coverage of it over at our Facebook page, but it's very adventure and jungle-centric, and it uses a lot of the skips to make it work. The Adventure Trading Company, as it's called, looks like it's a lot of fun, so go out there and collect that juju the next time that you are in the park. All right, here we go, part two of our three-part episode with the legendary Don Chapman. Kungaloosh, everyone. Prior to like almost the 50th anniversary, once they started selling annual passports, you know they they started having enough people in the park that they could have yeah. a larger staffing base, so that if you had some parade shift people, you know they they would use people from different areas, so you could find people to to pull for attractions. Mm-hmm. But when you know now there's no off season, you know we we used to have. You know, January through March, and then the yeah. the winter season. Because of the annual pass holders, they are so busy that the park is at minimum open ten to eight all the time. Wow! But most of the time, it's open eight in the morning to midnight. Really? And I would say even it's in open, the winter time. Even in the winter time, because what happened was they it, started doing the annual passports on uh, pass holders on a payment plan. Rather than having to do it all up front, yeah. so when they did that, <coughs> two things happened. Is one is they had a lot more of an influx of people in there buying food and souvenirs, and yeah. but they they also had this group of people who became very entitled because they had these annual passports and they felt like the park was partially theirs, you know. And you went through the late nineties. And, and even into the, the early 2000s with this group of people who um, had such a sense. And there, there were great annual pass people, too. Oh, yeah. I, I remember when I started that we would have 
the same group of people come in on Monday and Tuesday nights in February, uh. and they would be there every Friday night with 10 or 12 people, and they would start at, you know, three hours, four hours before park closing, and they would, after they get off work, and they would just ride the Jungle Cruise over and over with different skippers, and it was, and we knew the people who were coming through, so there were some great annual oh, pass yeah. people. So you had this, they made the passes much more accessible, and because of that, they had so much revenue coming through and so many people in the park that the off-seasons kind of shrunk, and then they discovered that they could do the theming on, like, Haunted Mansion, which is now, I think, 12 years old. With yeah. the Nightmare Before Christmas I like that. one, oh, it's a it's a great overlay. I like that. I think the yeah. first one it started was, with the Halloween the it, pumpkin. Yeah, and it started actually with the Small World Christmas. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was yeah. the first thing that they yeah, did that way when they did the Christmas overlay right. there. That was fabulous. So they found ways to fill <laughs> the uh, the winter season. They found ways to fill that up, wow. and then they found ways to fill up the spring. So you know there really isn't. A, a short season now. Amazing. They, they obviously need more people Amazing. in the summer because yeah. it is even a, a higher. But I know that that is it more part time because a lot of younger kids are these devoted to yeah. being there eight hours a day. Yeah, I. For, the big thing is that they've they've kind of eliminated the casual regulars mm-hmm. because they don't need people who are just or seasonal is what they really kind yeah. of got rid of. Yeah. Because they don't need people who are just the summer or just the winter. They still have a lot of students, and it's still a, a diversity. But when I started in 2000, there were practically three jobs per applicant because they were so desperate with California Adventure to put good people in. Well, yeah, this was this was one of the things that, you know, when I first went to work there, I was surprised getting a job. Yeah. Because I had always heard, you know, Ten people go to apply, and you're lucky if one gets hired out of that ten. Yep. Well, I'm not saying by the time I went there that was they hired nine out of ten, but it was starting to work up that, yeah. to those bigger numbers, you know. Well, you know, at the time, before California Adventure opened, I think it was, uh, I don't remember the number, I want to say it was 16,000 people worked for the Disney company in Orange County. And when California Adventure opened, that number went up to about 25,000. Okay. And with the new hotel at Downtown Disney and everything else, I'm sure it's closer to 30 now. Mm-hmm. Because you have logistics people and you have, yeah. you know, Co-ops, maintenance safety, and everything. Everything. So, so you've really, in the 15-year period since California Adventure, you've doubled the number of employees. Well, now I've... Well, when I was started in there, too... Uh, Oh, I've been there four or five years. It, it during the winter months, you know, you sit there. You had a core group that worked in the park, uh, probably maybe anywhere from eight to ten thousand people, yeah. and this would jump to thirty, thirty-five thousand in the summertime. Mm-hmm. So, but now you're saying this is staying pretty much static all the year round. Yeah. Yeah. But they changed dress codes and everything. I mean, people were demanding to be allowed certain things, and they were finding their their trying to staff it was getting harder because... I I still think that the the, the taking the facial hair requirement... Obviously, the second that I left, I grew a goatee because I have such a baby face. Um, Lucky. But <laughs> I'm sure I remember him. I knew. I do know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. but when you when you have that, um, 
you know, I know there were. I understand there were a lot of reasons behind why they they laxed up on it, and partially, I guess, it was the world culture has kind of changed their opinion oh, yeah. on facial hair Lawsuits. because seventies, eighties, nineties, early nineties. You know, in an international sense, particularly the Asian cultures and and uh, Middle Eastern cultures. The facial hair thing was a little looked down upon as far as a family place. Uh-huh. Now I think culturally it's not seen as such a stigma. Well, they had a, they had it on on your size and on your tattooing and yeah. and there's still makeup, still, still, no, still no tattoos and makeup and hair yeah. coloring yeah. and oh, jewelry. How much jewelry yeah. and a stuff. lot of that, a lot of that still is there. Nah, I went, the last yeah, time yeah. I was there, I, w- I went. Oh boy! Years and years ago, there was only one guy that worked in, in the whole Disney organization that had uh, facial hair. Yeah, that and was. That was Walt Disney. Yeah. <laughs> and then there was one other the one guy at the in the park. hotel, too. The, one of the well, that was after they took over the hotel. Yeah. They fired that guy because he and wouldn't then they shave had to off re- his they had to rehire him. beard that he had for so many years. Yeah. yeah. But there was one guy, too. Uh, you know, they wouldn't hire bald people. And it was one guy who worked in the park. And I guess, I think he was there 25, 30 years. He yeah, worked on was, Main Street. Yeah. I can't remember his name, but uh, he was baller in a cue ball. Well, you know, it's interesting that, uh, I don't know if you guys knew, in, when the park opened, um, from like 56 to 59, they were allowed to have facial hair on one attraction at the park. There was one specifically, it was the Jungle Cruise. Because they were allowed to have must because it was seen as... Oh, manly. It was seen as manly, and they wanted to promote that adventurous kind of a thing. And it, it went away when it went away in, I think, 59 or 60, but they actually, it was okay because that was part of the the theming of the ride. Yeah, I, I, didn't, um, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, they, they, there weren't a lot of them, but I, I, I found that out because I saw some old pictures that someone had from a family camera, and the couple Jungle Cruise skippers had facial hair, and I was really intrigued by that because I'd yeah. heard the same thing. So I actually, uh, I want to say I talked to Dave Smith, the Disney archivist, about that. And he confirmed for yeah. me that there were a few early That's guys who fair. were allowed. I, I, I didn't even know that. Because yeah, yeah. even at that, that time, you know, even before the jokes came in, there yeah. was still that rugged sense of adventure that they yeah. were trying to promote all the yeah. movies and things that they were doing. Wow. Had, had you guys, um, since you were in Orange County, you had gone to Disneyland before you worked oh, there. Yeah. Yeah. 1955. And, before we and were I married, think, I was yeah. going together. I, I took her to Disneyland one time. She came down. I think it was a dollar something to get in, whatever. And at the same time, Knott's Berry Farm, because I have pictures of when yeah. I went there with the folks on the covered wagon thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I used to go to Knott's Berry Farm on Sunday mornings, you know, because there was no wall up. You could just yep. walk in oh, there and loved it. have a cup of coffee and a donut and sit there and watch the chickens yeah. fight each other. Well, you and, know. and Sunday was always chicken dinner. Yeah. yeah. That was when it was just Sunday still. Yeah. And Disney, we'd go there because it was, and it was funny because in the early 70s, when I first took the two our two kids it was like $19.50 for three of us. And I go, 
Oh my God, I can't afford that. How I, am I going to be able to feed them today? I, I won't even tell you. It would break your heart to know what the prices are that they just raised them to. 90 some odd dollars, for, isn't for it? For a single park. And then it's 17 something for parking? or Yeah, actually it's yeah. 20. They, I, think it's, I think it's around 20 now. They finally, they, they went from 16 for the last three or four years to around 20. Now, did they change the outside on Harbor? Where you could do that fifteen-minute park, drop somebody off. I the I way I, they changed they, that. Yeah, or something. they. I haven't. I haven't since they changed it. I'm not as versed about what they did, okay. but they they did do something with that. I don't know exactly yeah. what it was. Yeah. I, I um, thought they but, took away the parking, yeah. and I thought, oh my god, that's not right because well, yeah, for cast members that were getting dropped on. A, yeah. yeah, I I still think. You know, and I'm kind of a purist in certain respects. I still think that they allow people to wear their costumes outside the park. Oh, they do. Is one of the worst I do too. ideas ever. Because well, they fired people before. When you yeah. see when you see someone walking on Harbor or shopping in a grocery store after hours in their costume, takes away. It it slides a little bit more. It just you know erodes the magic a little yeah. bit more. What was the in the berm stayed in the berm, yeah. but. The one, when somebody got reported because he had something at home in his closet and he got fired for it that time, and now I'm going, you got to be kidding. And then the cleaning. They do their own clean, take yeah. home their do own your cleaning. Own, do your own laundry now, toss it that's in the machine. And, not, yeah. That's not. Well, when was, I was there on the, on the toll plaza for left, uh, we could still they, they still had a company come in and, and uh, pick up your laundry and do it for you. But I got to the point it was just as easy for me to take the stuff home and throw it in the washing machine and uh, yeah. not have to run around trying to find my my gear when I wanted it. Yeah. What if you forgot it? Yeah. yeah. And a lot of them that would be their thing. Yeah. Or you, going, you only you had so many pieces. The, you can, yeah. Still go cast. through the toll plaza yeah. to clock in, or is that? There's there's different. Uh, for most cast members at Disneyland, you still go through Harbor House. Yeah. Where Harbor House was, it's different mm-hmm. now. Uh, but there's a cast shuttle that drops off there. They actually just bought. Do you remember the the RV park that's on was on Harbor and Ball? Oh yeah. They they just bought that and they oh, have my, oh. they have some cast parking there. But from what I've heard, rumor is that they're going to build an actual parking structure there that may may end up being part of the replacement uh, parking for cast members. Because the, the problem is, is now they've got, Mickey and Friends is full. That You know, it was one of the largest, it was like the second largest parking structure in the U.S. Yeah. after the Mall of America. And now it's packed. So they're looking at one of the other parking areas, probably Catella a lot. Yeah. And taking K-Lot and building... Didn't they send something off a Haster or where? Well, there's still a ball. There's still the ball. Oh, yeah. The they, bought the, they bought the old strawberry field down there yeah. finally and yeah. turned that into a, a satellite parking lot. Yeah. But that, the other problem is if they ever want to expand the park, there's only two places that they have property they can do it. Yeah. One is the strawberry field. And when Cynthia Harris was there, she right. was pushing hard for a water park there. Oh, I remember and oh, that. I remember that. that I remember never that. got traction. And then... I think what happened was they had the money invested in California Adventure, then 9-11 hit, and the tourism business dropped, 
and Knotts had opened their water park and it had not oh. been a, it had not been a big success. Oh, okay. So I think that they just dropped the idea. Now because they've bought the properties for Star Wars and all of the Marvel comic books. Yeah. Tomorrowland is moving toward more of the Star Wars because there's Star Tours there. Mm. Yeah. And then you know they're going to do more theming and more Star Wars things and then they're trying to figure out what to do with the Marvel property and there's some discussion that there may be a third gate that would be over in the strawberry Holy fields or that they would develop the parking lot that's in back of the, the Paradise Pier Hotel and that parking lot would be connected to California Adventure by a tunnel and you would go into Marvel City or whatever they're going to call oh. it with, you know, with Spider-Man and all of those characters in, since Disney owns Didn't them. Buy yeah. the Imperial or whatever hotel or something uh, off of uh, West Street. I thought they were buying a bunch of stuff well, they, down there besides this. Yeah, they Disneyland Hotel or what? There's three hotels over there. Yeah, there's, there's all owned by Disney. Yeah, there's the the three towers. The uh, you know the mm-hmm. yeah. they've renamed it not the Benita Tower anymore, yeah. but those three towers plus the what they're calling the Paradise Pier Hotel, yeah. which used to be the that's that other big white one that's kind of south of the. Disneyland Hotel, and then they've got the big uh, arts and crafts one, the right kind of inspired one that's in California, which is, let's just say it's it's such a beautiful hotel. Oh, they outdo themselves. Yeah, it's. I mean, because I love. I mean, I love Yosemite and I love the lodges. And oh, I wonder if you've been to the fish camp. I I haven't. We'll show them after. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, so yeah. So they, you know, they have all of these changes that have happened because the park is so full of, of uh, guests and it's great for the company but now they actually stopped selling one of their two southern california passes entirely the the lesser expensive one they discontinued oh yeah how and, much is the most expensive one well, i mean the big one the biggest one is over a thousand dollars it's the the deluxe with parking is a thousand fifty it's good for how admission long? one year, one year. One year yeah and you can get it into the park anytime, any anytime it's open, and with parking with no blackouts. All of the other uh, ones have blackouts for holidays and summer yeah. and things like that. But the they now they still have a Southern California discounted one that's a little bit more expensive. But they only sell a certain number of them wow. a year, and it's based on how many people don't renew from the prior year. So. If you have an older pass that's been discontinued, you can keep on renewing it at that level. But if you ever forget to renew it, you can't ever get it back. Yeah. Because what happened was, but think about what happened. They they had this great program yeah. where they got, you know, tens of thousands of people to have annual passports to come into the park and to fill it up and to have it feel busy and have money being spent. But, but now there's so many of them that yes. the, the tourist dollars are being impacted. Yes. And you don't have the people coming from out of town spending as much money because, because they're not as happy because they're only going on eight or ten rides a day. So it's it's a different... Oh well, this was God. this was one of the big things that, that used to bug me about annual pass holders. <laughs> you had the core group that come in there practically every day and... Or, and or every night, you know. And, mm-hmm. I mean, these people were taking up room in the park, and I could see it way back then, you know, that, that it, was, it was 
far as I'm concerned, it was it was hurting the the main gate price uh, admissions because they, you get into the park and you, you could never get on a ride because yeah. it's always an annual pass holder. Yeah. And they were very demanding and the too. Oh, and yeah. the pin traders and, and all the things yeah, that they very were. demanding. Yeah. Well, and they. Um, uh, two, one thing is, I guess the logic is, if you raise the prices by five percent like they did, and you lose two percent of the people coming in the door, it's still a net a net gain for them. So they're okay. The prices are going to keep going up until they uh, until they. So here's well, the other. What they're going to do is approach a point someday that you won't be able to go to the park and gain admission unless you are an annual pass holder. I no, I think it's going the other direction. I think oh, that they're I okay. think that they're going to eventually limit the the annual pass holder on some level by reducing I, the number of them. I agree. Or I agree. Or you're gonna have to uh, with your annual pass, you're gonna have to make a reservation for a particular day and if it's got the maximum number of annual pass holders they may totally they may start they may yeah they may have a limit on how many because what they the people who can afford it right now that it makes the best sense for are the people who are coming once every three or four years Mm -hmm. they're going to come in from out of state stay at a hotel they're going to buy a three or four day passport with our family so they can do it in a more relaxed way. Just stay. And because they discount the multi days so much, that's going to be the thing that makes the most sense. So I'm going to I'm going to guess this is the other thing that's happening now with the annual pass holders. I'm going to guess with your law enforcement background, you will you will see you will immediately see the problem with this. There's a new thing that's happening called social groups that are not sanctioned by the park. Oh, no. And they're groups of people who are coming into the park wearing coordinating clothing, (laughs) usually sleeveless denim with patches on them. Okay. Okay. But here's the thing is, it's not that they are related to any gangs, but they're wearing the same kind of clothing. And logos because there's some TV shows that are okay. glamorizing motorcycle gangs. Uh, I understand. So you've got, I guess, from what I understand, there's you know half a dozen or so of these groups that wear their own colors, quote unquote, and they come into the park as annual pass holders. And I'll I'll be frank. Some I, I was reading uh, an article in one of the newspapers down there, and someone made a comment about that they were. They were people who respected Walt's legacy and who were, who you know, had a this you know. Comp- but my my argument is, there's nothing about making a gang look cool that Walt would have approved of. Well, not yeah. only that, if there's groups in there that aren't in dress colors but spot that, you're in for trouble. Well, Just like Shalimar, yeah. cool in the gang that time they yeah. had that big group. Oh yeah, man, I'm telling you. These guys, all of us, just stood back and we just did the little shuffle out of the way. Light would go like this. Don't even have the light out here because if it touches them, yeah, you you've ignited a fire. And I mean, they tore that park to shreds. Yeah, the treehouse, the planters, everything. They and. Cool in the gang, which they was out on the river. Pockets, and they yeah, kept cutting the guest control guest ropes. controls and cool in the gang are the ones that instigated. They were out there on that river, just making those women and guys want to leap into the rivers of America and swim across. And yeah. there was nothing that this was all you could see was black. 
they were so tight together, just going down. Not that there's anything wrong with black. No, 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 but, no, no, no they, the clothing, just right, right. the clothing. Yeah. It was so dark, yeah. and and they were so hooked together that you just, I mean, and we got letters after letters thanking us for not instigating yeah. something, which could have been I, a horrible, horrible I, situation. I, I just wonder what happens the time you get someone who's a member of a biker, an actual legitimate biker group. Oh yeah, He's in there in the park, and one of these guys says something or lips off a little bit, or they did. You know, we had stabbing. We had stabbing. I'm just waiting for this social group thing to become an absolute. First of all, I mean Disney has has always banned gang colors in the park, oh. and why they allowed this group to keep on doing this is beyond me. It's it's Roar it's, Corporation and that other. Uh, they had them in there together. Somewhere along the line, a Disney organization got so. Frantic about what uh, somebody might think about the company that they just kowtowed to everything. Yeah, they appease. I mean, you know, Settler Jet out at the burning cabin, you know, uh, they had to take <laughs> him away because, you know, it offended the Native American group of this guy laying there with all these spares in his. And then uh, the burning cabin, that came up with something else. And then there was a. Settler Jet out there laying up against a, a stump, dead drunk, with a whiskey jug in his arm, and that offended others. Uh, it, we even got the sa- that uh, same uh, mentality working uh, uh, against the Jungle Cruise, the dancing natives yep. out there. I remember. Well, you know, that was one of the that was one of the, the jokes you might say going around. Hey, look at that! They all look alike. I I think you're right. I think one day there's going to be such a Oh, yeah. Something happened in that park. It's going to be major. Yeah, it's. I mean, from well, and I think they've done a great job. I mean, let's let's from the one side of it. Yeah, I think that they've done a really good job of managing their um, liabilities and and making it a safe place and doing. But I think that they, you're right. They they are so appeasing to groups yeah. that yeah. they don't draw the line because they're afraid of bad publicity. And you have to yeah. train the employee or the person working You're going to get bad publicity. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. no matter what you are, who you are, or what you're doing, you know, I mean, somewhere well, you can't please everybody it, it all It sells the time. newspapers. Frankly, the newspapers are going to take something that isn't even a big deal and make it a big deal to yeah. sell That's papers. Right. So when... Um, I'm uh, moving this on to a, a more okay. fun term. <laughs> but no, I, I just thought that would be interesting to you yeah. guys. That, but it's it's just so strange that now we're, we're at this point where it's so busy that... Every, it's hard to believe. Yeah, that there's hours. That are, so, and it's, it's funny how quickly it happened. And I really think that it was the annual passport sales in like 04, 05 was really when it, the fire got lit. Because yeah. what happened, I think after 9-11, they, they kept the prices low on APs to keep the park full. Okay. Because I was working that day, and I, oh. I remember I was scheduled to go in for a shift. And I remember the months after that that it was a ghost town. Yeah, people kept thinking, yeah. "Oh, we're going to be next." Yeah. You were Hit you it. were in California Adventure at the time. Oh, it, yeah, it almost it almost destroyed that park because the attendance was a little low at the start anyway. We should have gone. And then when it when it cut <laughs> the, and, and and I will say I love California Adventure now. Yeah. I think it's it's fantastic, but it did take a little while to find its legs. It just yeah. didn't it was, suit uh, the older. Not, not at the start, but yeah. I think that they, you know, when it was, 
a few, well, after it was two or three or four years old. Roller coaster. Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't something uh, that the average person associated with the, the uh, Disney uh, yeah. image. Yeah. But they know. just, you know, they had to whittle and figure things out. And just like, you know, yeah. they did with Disneyland. Look at how many rides changed over and... You know, the pirate ship came out, and all the things that got moved around, yeah. they adjusted to what the tastes were. And we, they, we loved they, our we loved our management at that time too. Yeah, yeah. and you know, and it's still oh. there are great examples of humanity who work there in management and the cast. There are amazingly great stories that I hear on a regular basis. Yeah. It's still a great place to work, but as with anything in life, it is yeah. what you make of it. We had a, a Hispanic. Uh, manager there working in Adventureland at Athens. He's probably there when you were there. I can't think of his name. Right. Always a, a, a slick dresser. Was it well. t- Tony Montenegro? No. no. God, I'm trying to think of his name. I'm trying to think of who else would have been. His family lives in uh, uh, over in New Mexico someplace or Colorado. Not Ron Dominguez. No. no, no, no. Not Ron Dominguez. Oh, shoot. Anyway, he was at the boathouse one day when I came in to the park. She and I came in, and we took uh, a couple friends of ours oh, and signed God. them into the park that day. Oh. I used to be when we go into the park, you know, I mean, she and I. I'd never get 10 feet off of Main Street or uh, New Orleans Square because see 50, everybody people. stopped and had to talk with her for half an hour. <laughs> see? And I'd, I'd waved to a couple of people I knew, but... All the time they were talking to her. Well, we quit. We retired. Came back this particular day with these people. And it's when it's, the park was closed to the public. Yeah, it was one day they uh, had a special media day, and uh, the, the the park was closed to everybody except ex-cast members and people of the media or the entertainment industry. And anyway, we Linda and Harry. took this, this couple with us. Well, it started at the parking structure. You know, here's this gal out there in the parking structure. You got to practically yank me right out of the car, give you a big hug. You know, that was uh, uh, not Helen, but uh, the other gal. Oh God! She if works you, in the kennel now, I think. Yeah, and oh, and you had and and then. Um, and then it was the tram drivers, and then it was the main gate people. And Malou I mean, was out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Malou, and, and then you had, oh, gosh. It, it was it was a wild day. And then we got over to the Jungle Cruise. I said, I, I've got to take a ride on the Jungle Cruise, see how the guys were doing over there. Well, I spotted this old manager of mine, you know, and I <laughs> waved, you know, and said, hey, you know, I forget what his name was, but. He turned and saw me, and man, I mean, he lit up like a Christmas yeah. tree. And by the time we got to the dock, they had arranged to have a special boat for us, a special skipper. Oh, jeez. Oh, it was got embarrassing, through, frankly. We got through the whole thing, and they're all standing out there. This is a infamous something. Yeah. They got everybody, they got everybody on the dock whooping and hollering and clapping and guests in line. The people and on the boat. And they're all clapping oh, and I went, oh my God. I think it let me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> that was nice though. Yeah. That was God, really yeah. nice. I can't think of sometimes, his name. Sometimes those things are uh, better in retrospect than in the moment. Yeah, yeah. it was. And, and I mean, every place we went and we were over at California Advent, no, we went over to uh, <laughs> oh, I think we were over. 
was it out in the park or up California Adventure? Somewhere we went to eat. Oh, downtown, was, uh, downtown, downtown Disney. Yeah. And and they they came over and they were talking and I said, Oh my God, I'll never hear the end of this. We oh, went yeah. home and he said, It was my turn. Yeah, was my day. <laughs> we got on the steam train for crying out loud. And it was one of the conductors that we got talking about we used to work there. Yeah, where'd you do that? I told him, you know what I did and you're not Don Chapman, are you? He's Don Chapman, are you? Oh my God, I know him. 18 inch Chapman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, and you, you knew a few, because after you left Chungan, you went to Small World? Yeah, I went to the Small World, and uh, when I moved out of there, I, I was frankly tired of being a lead. I just wanted to do the job, you know, so I went to. Star tours and steam trains, and uh, eventually filled it out to the, the toll plaza parking yeah. lot. Been on I the spent mark. most of the time in the, the, mark in the toll plazas. The, uh, a couple of years, I think it was two years ago now, they redid the, the movie in Star Tours, mm-hmm. and they added, it's in, they have 3D glasses now. So oh. the, the actual screen is a 3D movie, so when you're in it, it ha- it really feels yeah. It's, wow. it, and they they have like six different front, middle, and ending sections, and they randomize it every time you go through. So it's a little different trip every time you take. Oh, so. that I, I had heard that they had the, the four cabins that were there. They had a, a different one in each cabin. Oh yeah, no, no. It randomizes as you uh, every time they start it. They don't know exactly uh, what the combination will be. So you have a, a slightly different uh, first adventure, uh, a slightly different like ending, and then there's like a little middle section where it can be a different character. So wow. it's like 54 different combinations when you oh my roll heavens. them all together. So the great part is that people go back and ride it over and over again because it's a little different. I think you were also the Tiki Room with Tom Ravenscroft. And oh, yeah. Well, uh, while they were building the Jungle Cruise, uh, you know, the boathouse, I was over on the Tiki Room for most of the time. Then Tom had moved over to Haunted Mansion. <laughs> I had the. I had the. Uh, the what what, what was room. what was the? I mean, because that was. I mean, they 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 trimmed the river down. You know, they mm-hmm. had they had a minute or so of the trip got sliced out. The yeah. you know some of the animatronics moved up into the boathouse, and obviously the Indiana Jones build was was a major. Yeah. Change to the field. What was they built? The, they changed the curve going into the jungle. They eliminated the front switch. So the only way to get to the catwalk positions then was by way of the Dominguez switch at the yep. back. And I always thought that was a bad situation, frankly, because uh, you always had to back the boat. You, you, you had to unload the boat that was at the dock, and you had to back it up past that Dominguez switch and back out to Trader Sam. T- to get it onto the the spur, you know, yeah. and all of a sudden that was just a bad, bad deal. It just mm-hmm. bothered me. I was just waiting for. Well, as it happened, <laughs> as it happened, uh, we had a a good crunch out there one day. Uh, <laughs> one of the guys came around the corner, wasn't paying attention. It was a boat backing up, and mm-hmm. bam. bam. Yeah. Well, the way I understood it, one of the reasons that they got rid of the front track switch was because it had a propensity to derail if you were backing a boat 
into the catwalk from the front side. That it really it was like it really should have only been a one way scenario. Yeah. It really only should have been when you're taking boats off the catwalk, you would go out to it. But apparently, people were trying to pull into the jungle and then pull back into that, and they, oh, it had a propensity to. We did that all the time. But I, yeah, I guess the, it, that they thought that once they changed the routing on the river, that basically we we never had a problem with it. You know, yeah. I I never had. Uh, all the time I was there, I never saw any. Occasionally, you'd have a boat derail uh, at the front switch, you know, for some reason. Yeah. But the worst problem we had one day is we we they threw the switch and pinned it. I watched the guy pin it. That was Ray Gill. Uh, I'm standing there at the dock, and I sent him over to to throw the switch, and I watched him throw it, pinned it, and the guy backing off was uh, Dave Dempsey. No, not Dave Dempsey. The other guy who was out at uh, Noble's wedding. We sat with it. Oh, 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 no. Um, oh, the yeah. ones we get the cards from. Yeah, oh, anyway, uh, he oh, backed God. in, and um, bam, it tore the whole front guide assembly out of the boat. Oh. And his wife has all the tattoos. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> and uh, it was like... The switch just never aligned yeah. for some reason. Now the rear guide went over it, but the front guide didn't make it. Yeah. Now it was weird because no, take it back. We weren't backing the boat in. He was pulling the boat onto the line. That's what it was, okay. and it tore the front guide out of the boat. Did, did you did you like the uh, once once it was all said and done and all the hassle of having it closed down in the hours and all that stuff. But when, once it was all finished, d- did you like the, the feel of it? I liked it. There was it. some changes. I liked it, but there was several little things that I tried to get them to change during the construction of it, and I couldn't get a headway with it. Uh, one of them was landing that dock all the way to the bottom, you know, for because I knew some days somebody was going to drop a kid and is going to come up under the dock. And they're going to drown one, you know. Yeah. And another thing was the the way they made the transition to the upper deck on the boathouse. Mm-hmm. I could see right now, they said, oh, yeah, well, they, you know, that boathouse will now handle two hours worth of line. Well, it didn't. It cut the time in line in half because of the way you come down the stairs, make the sharp corner to head for the dock. You starve in one line constantly or the other. And people were throwing I up had to literally designate one guy to stand there at that window by that mm-hmm. door yeah. to the dock and keep people. Keep both lines full. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, that was something that we constantly were fighting that people didn't get the the, the secondary split there. I kept trying to beg them. I, I don't know how you fix the, that. Put the stairs at the other end. Yeah. You know. Now they wound up using, I guess, the other end of the boathouse now for part of the queue line for for Indiana Jones. It it can, downstairs, I yeah, guess. Yeah, it, it is. can be actually. It's um, there's a staircase by Indiana Jones that that will go up into the top level of the boathouse. Mm-hmm, and if the Jungle Cruise isn't busy, but Indiana Jones is, they'll queue that area, area. under the luggage where the right. the, uh, the snakes are above, yeah. where they put yeah. the third cobra. The um, the funny part of that is. We had a um, a guy who was a bit of a practical joker, and he uh, cued the upstairs so that it was the typical maze that went all the way back. But he uh, put the exit cue, he put the the chain so that it, 
when you go upstairs, you had to exit by Indiana Jones. And he sent a Japanese tour group of 60 people up to the front. They walk all the way to the top, and they exit out there, and they're not at the ride. They didn't know what happened. Oh. So they just thought it was a long line to get to Indiana Jones. Oh. I think the food place, too, that restaurant. The Bengal Barbecue? It was kind of a, it was open so that the boats were right there. And I'm not sure if they were oh, throwing... Oh, the Tah- oh, Tahitian Terrace. Tahitian Terrace, whether yeah. they were throwing food down or there was some kind of a yeah, issue they, they there put that wall, that They put time. the wall up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know, was, it, was that wall there at the start of the rehab or did they put it up afterwards? No, it was afterwards, After. I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's trying what I remember. Yeah, back. They, but I remember, though, they were working on it the whole time the ride was operating. I'm thinking, boy, oh, if Walt God. was alive, he'd be having a fit. He did yeah. no work in the park when Walt was alive, yeah. except at night. Yeah. No guess. The um, we we I heard a lot from other people who worked before the the changeover, who said that they got more hassle from those dancers yeah. when they'd go around the corner because if you're talking at all, it would exactly that would interrupt the show. That's what I heard. I think that was such a problem with well, that being so close to where the spiels yeah. were being. So that I always when I came around there at night, if I was in the boat, I just quit spieling at that point. Yeah, and you you quit. Feeling from Trader back. Sam to the dock. Yeah. You picked it up again at the dock. Look, we're back at. And uh, <laughs> we never had any problem that way, but I guess it, some of the other ones did, I guess, yeah. later on. Yeah, uh, I, and it's, you know, like I said, it's a cycle. You know, it just everything turns like a giant wheel. You know, things get more lax, things get, you know, yeah. then you'll have one person who says the wrong thing and management feels like they have to tighten it up, and it takes a few years to gradually get back <laughs> to a point where there's a little. Uh, hey. Latitude again. It's we, just, it's a big cycle. There's a they they um, some of the spiels now. I mean, the last time we were down there, I was down there with some friends. I didn't think they were that good. They they didn't have that much humor, and a lot of them were from the girls. Yeah, I I think that women have the hardest time on Jungle because. If they're too dry... And that's what they, I was seeing. If they're too dry, they come off as kind of bitchy. Well, I, I didn't see they, that. They just were yeah. boring. Yeah. I said, oh, there's no zip to it. Yeah. The oh. guys are horsing around a little, and they yeah. get Some, into the act Something else that I try to get them to change when they when they built the, the uh, boathouse is the, the amount of clearance that was left with the boat at the dock. Yeah. Uh, there was always too much clearance there because, you know, even Stepping with practically off. full boat on one side, you could still drop somebody in the water there. Yeah, which you did. Have. And Oh, well, yeah, I, I, I caught a few people. Yeah. I mean, I, I had one kid. I was working the rear unload, and the kid jumps onto the back part of the boat to try to get off. And oh. I as as he tripped and went in, I, I ended up catching his leg. And I was way not in a good position to do it because I had yeah. to twist and, and I was lifting his God. 60 or 70 pounds or whatever to keep him out of the water. But I was holding this seven, eight-year-old by his leg and his hair was touching the water <laughs> with the with the, the boat motor right down there with, you know, the... God. And if the skipper, you know, starts backing things up or running that. So, yeah, it's... They, they just started about two years ago. They have restraining ropes now at the loading position. They did that. I, I instigated that with the, with the, when they first did the boathouse. Yeah. I made him do that. I said, if nothing else, you... you Tie it. You, it's yeah. going to cause the boat to roll into the dock right. and hold it there, and at least you're going to eliminate 
that gap, you know. Yeah. And I, they did that for quite a while. Because he had that woman woman go down, and then that kid, and I think he went between there and the boat. And yeah. The I, I think the grown men, you know, go oh. through that gap, you know. Well, um, I think the... Uh, I think, and this is kind of a legendary story in our time, I think one of the, the really funny ones was the guy who fell off the second floor, bounced on the, the rain canopy, and fell into the water between two boats. Oh, really? He had dropped his sunglasses, and he, he was a little <laughs> off balance, and he reached out to grab him, and he flipped over the railing and fell into the water from oh the second story. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's wonderful to think that... Uh, Nothing bad would ever happen, or you'd never have an accident, or never have, because you know how it how it was with guests. The second they walked through that main gate, their IQ went down. Oh yeah. Because when there's an illusion of safety, people stop being safe. And there we go, the end of part two of our interview with Don and Lois Chapman. Uh, catch us back in two weeks on the 19th of August when we'll put up the third and final part of this series. Thanks again, everyone, and we'll see you soon.